Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Good morning, everybody. It is, well, it's 10.04, Ray, as you and I get on the air. Thank you, Howard. Uh, and it is kind of now at that time of year where we're between everything. The Super Bowl was played last week, so football is kind of in a holding pattern for a while. Baseball, which we'll get to, is unfortunately in what appears to be a holding pa- uh, pattern for who knows how long. Hockey exists, although not so much in South Philadelphia. Not, not, not so much here. Right. So let's start with hoops. Uh, All-star break tomorrow. Now the game, Joel Embiid, right? He's going to dominate the game, get the MVP. That would be nice. We've seen it. Seems to be pretty consistent with what we've seen lately. Absolutely. Uh, And we expect James Harden to play next week. That's going to be the big story for the next few months, hopefully all the way into June. And so, Ray, I ask you, who is under the most pressure in this city? Uh, come on, Ray. I put that ball on a tee for well, you, and no, I handed like the, you the the three iron. No, I mean, there's one obvious one, um, and but there's one less obvious one. I mean, everybody would probably say James Harden. Uh, I would say James Harden sla- slash Doc Rivers. I was going to say Doc Rivers, but you go first because I I would say Doc. No, I think everybody's everybody's looking at Harden. They're expecting him. You know, he's forced this situation now. He's forced himself out of two different teams in two years, put himself on this team with, with, and a team that has now totally reversed course, and they're now into a – if this is the team of the process and, the, you know, we're going to wait 10 years to build a team, and they've now flipped into a team that has to win, like, immediately. Uh, and it's really on him. I mean, they've, they've done all of this stuff now and paid a heavy price to bring him in with the idea that we're going to go for it this year. Um and I think that there's tremendous pressure on Harden to deliver. Uh, and based on the way he's played this year, I don't know that it's by any means a sure thing. Well, that's a very fair point. Um, I guess my retort to that is if James Harden doesn't play that well, if he doesn't mesh that well with this team, guess who's not coming back next year? Oh, the coach. Yeah. Right. So, so in that sense, I, I say it's the coach. And, I have not been as impressed with Doc Rivers as I hope to be. It's so it's this theme goes through our city so often. I thought Joe Girardi was going to be come in here and like, hey, they finally got the manager. Now that they got rid of Kapler, they brought this guy in. It's all going to be great. And Joe Girardi's kind of disappointed. Some tough circumstances he's faced, but he has. Doc Rivers came in here, and I mean, you know his history. He's blown some three-one leads, but he is considered by many one of the excellent coaches in the history of the NBA. They did a thing the other day on the top 10 coaches in the history of the NBA. I think it was NBA.com did it. And he was on there, which I would disagree with. But, you know, he's got he's got the credentials, right? He's, well, got he's the been doing it forever, and he's got a ton of wins, and he does have a championship. Yeah, so. and I see him game to game, and I think, look, I'm no basketball genius. I will never claim to be. It's the sport among the top four sports that I'm the least – uh, could be considered any kind of expert. But I know that if game after game you take your entire starting lineup in and throw in a pretty weak bench and 
your team all of a sudden is minus 12 in the next three minutes, that that's a bad strategy. And I see it from him game after game. Now, things are going to change. The, you know, the look of this team is going to change dramatically as of this coming week. But I think, I think eyes, obviously all eyes are on Harden, but I think the critical eyes are going to be on Doc. I think Harden, people give him a little time to adjust. He's got to work into the rhythm with Joel Embiid. they got to figure out you know, how they're, how they're going to play off each other. And it still is Joel's team. We all know that. But I think it's, I think it's Doc. I think it's almost equal. Um, but you're, the pressure is enormous now. Uh, I mean, the, the stakes are raised incredibly. Because they, the expectation now, and the trade was made with the expectation now, that you're, you have a chance to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly... Certainly win the East, uh, and then take your chances in the finals, but certainly win the East. I mean, it's there for them. Um, the game in, in Milwaukee, the last game in Milwaukee was very encouraging because I still believe, and you and I, I think, have even talked about this, I still look at the teams in the East, and I still think Milwaukee's the best team. You know, they haven't shown it yeah, all throughout this year. Kind of sleepwalking. But they look like a defending champion is just treading water and waiting for the playoffs, and then they're going to flip the switch. Yeah. I've thought all along that that's what yeah, they were. And they, and they still have Giannis. Yes. Right? And so it's like if you have that, you already have a great advantage. But you would think that, okay, a lot of a lot of the regular season games are just kind of a sleepwalking through them game. But you get the feeling that they came out to play the other night because they're playing the Sixers, and the Sixers are good, and they know they're probably going to see them in the postseason. So this was a game that they probably laced them up and said, let's go play tonight. And the Sixers beat them in Milwaukee. Yeah. So that was pretty meaningful. That's a very nice point. So, um, you know, there's, there is that. And you know, would I make them the favorites in the East right now? Probably not still. But I think it's, it's, I think it's attainable. You know, I definitely think it's attainable. And with the trade that they've made, they're in a position now where, let's face it, the window is probably, go, is probably a year to two years at the most. they got to go for it now. James Harden's not long-term. No. Anywhere, including this town. And you know what? I like what you just said in terms of I want all the pressure to be on me. I, they, we've waited and waited and waited, and, he, you know, the, the whole process. But the last couple of years, okay, hey, this is the year they're going to make a run. And they get to the second round, and they get knocked out. Right. Uh, it's, like, unacceptable. I want all eyes on them, and I want them to achieve. And it could be great. It really does have the opportunity to be. And I hope the coach is up to it because, Ray, I don't know that he's the – we've seen some great basketball coaches. We do know there are some great basketball coaches in this town. Yes, there are. And we saw evidence of it again this week. Um, Jay Wright, I mean, what, what a coach he is. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing what he has done with that Villanova program, what he has built there. And, you know, we don't talk – a whole lot about college basketball on this radio station. Um, there isn't a whole lot of chatter about it. I mean, it, they don't really spend a whole lot of space or time in the newspapers covering them. It's, the Big Five is not what it used to be, that's safe to say. Right, and it's, it's a splintered fan base. Yes, it is. It's not uh, like there's one team here where we're all rooting for the same school. Right, right. And there's not the sense of, of real true rivalry among the teams now. I mean, Villanova is clearly on a on a on a level way above the other teams, and they've earned that right. And part of it is is the coach and the game that they played the other night in Providence um, was just a tremendous game. And, and I think that, that I just wanted to mention that I didn't want to go through the whole show today without mentioning what a huge win that was for Villanova to beat Providence in Providence, eighty nine eighty four. Providence team. 
It's 21-3, and three, number eight in the country. They hadn't lost at home all year. Villanova goes, into, goes in there with two injured, two injured players. Colin Gillespie, who's just a, a marvelous player, has a really badly sprained ankle he'd been playing on, but he, he's playing it that night. And Justin Moore also had a sprained ankle. Uh, and they go into Providence and beat the Friars, uh, and they're, they're ranked number 10. Providence is number 8. They beat them by 5 in Providence where they hadn't lost all year. Um, just a tremendous victory for Villanova. And it, it sort of follows the normal villanova J Wright track in which it's a team that peaks late in the season. You know, they start out, they play a really, really tough out-of-conference schedule. They play a lot of really good teams early. Um, and they lose some games along the way, but the team gets stronger, and they get they really get battle tested. So you get into the Big East tournament, and then the NCAA tournament, and they're a really dangerous team. And they certainly demonstrated it the other night. And what both coaches, both Jay Wright and the Providence coach, both talked about afterwards when it was over, said this was a great college basketball game tonight, mm-hmm. and a great night for college basketball. And it was Colin Gillespie, who's had a great career at Villanova, is now a senior had a career-high 33 points playing on a sprained ankle in that game uh, and hits a monster three-pointer with 30 seconds to go that basically put the game away. Just a tremendous, tremendous game uh, and a tremendous victory for Villanova. So I, I wanted to acknowledge that because, like I said, we don't talk a whole lot of college basketball, but that was such a big win and such a big statement win for Villanova that I, I thought it bears mentioning. Me and uh, the other thing is that today Villanova plays Georgetown and uh, – you know, we know we know what Villanova Georgetown. You mentioned Villanova Georgetown. You always have memories of what Villanova Georgetown used to be. Well, Georgetown isn't that anymore. They have not won a game in the Big East this year, uh, and Villanova is a twenty-point favorite over Georgetown today. So I guess the I get Patrick I, Ewing's not playing. I guess the well, Patrick <laughs> Ewing's coaching, which it's, might be part of the right. problem. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but this is. Uh, uh, they're, they're playing that game. They normally Villanova Georgetown has a certain magic to it. Not so much. Villanova's going to. The only problem they're going to have is trying to refocus after a big win in Providence to get ready for a an zero and fourteen Georgetown today. All right, Ray. A couple things I want to get in even to this first segment. By the way, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four to talk to us. Um, we're going to do our Scheib Sports Philly uh, moment in sports history coming up at eleven o'clock, and it's an amazing thing that happened on this date years and years ago. But one year ago, yesterday, was a pretty big bleeping deal and here's how it was announced on espn the divorce that seemed inevitable this offseason has reached a peak with the philadelphia eagles agreeing to trade carson wentz the number two overall pick in the 2016 draft to the indianapolis colts setting up a reunion with frank reich this of course according to our mike garofolo that's our mike garofolo who is correct as usual so, uh, yeah, I mean, so many hours of hot air have been expended on this station about what went wrong here uh, and, and how it turned out and what should have happened and so on. But now it's now a year later, it's gone bad in Indy. And Chris Mortensen, who's as reliable as anybody else, as anybody, and others have reported that the Colts, after one year, are looking to get rid of Carson Wentz. And guess what? They're not going to get a first and a third for and no. No. And with that salary, they're going to take whatever they can get. So my question to you um, is, why did Wentz flop? With the Wentz we saw that Super Bowl year, that guy was going to have a terrific career in the NFL. And they got hurt. 
and they came back and they got hurt. And maybe the answer to the question is my setup to the question. But how did it just go so, so wrong for him? Uh, that's a question people are going to be um, – that's going to be somebody's term paper <laughs> somewhere down the road. Is whatever, whatever became of Carson Wentz because right. it, um, it is baffling. I mean, what we saw in 2017 up to December, up to the injury – was not make believe. It was not an illusion. It was real. He was he was not just the best quarterback in the NFL. He was the best player in the NFL. I mean, he was running away with the most valuable player reward. Um, I mean, he had a stretch there of nine games where they won nine games in a row, and he was twenty four touchdown passes, two interceptions. I mean, that was not an illusion. Was that was nor was it an accident. Yeah. I mean, he was he was a dominant player on the best team in football. Then he suffers the knee injury and comes back, and it's never the same. Um, I don't know. I think the part of it is we didn't realize how bad the injury was at the time. When they got in, they performed the operation. They found out that uh, in addition to the torn ACL, there was a, a, a lateral collateral ligament tear that nobody knew about before, and also the IT band was also injured. In that, So the injury was actually, we knew it was bad, but it turned out to be worse than they thought. It wound up to be more of a reconstruction than just a repair. Um, so you could probably argue that the leg has never really come back to what it was. Um, and he's had a series of injuries since then. He's had a back injury. He's had a knee injury. He's had foot injuries. He's had ankle injuries. He's had the concussion in the playoff game against Seattle. Um, he's, he's, taken, he's, taken a lot of, he's taken a lot of bumps and bruises along the way here. And but still, there's, there, there are times when he plays brilliantly. I mean, there were times this year in Indianapolis when he play, play, played really good. I mean, he had a stretch where over a 12-game period when the Colts were 9-3 and three and people were saying, boy, nobody wants to play the Colts in the playoffs. Um, he had 22 touchdown passes, five interceptions. I mean, he was playing really good. But then it got down to the end of the year, and all they need is one win against either, either the Raiders or the Jaguars, and he just completely melts down. He completely falls apart. And I'll look, I will admit to being shocked at what happened. I thought I really thought that Indiana I really thought he was going to reinvent himself mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. Well, and by the way, had the had the entire opportunities with the coach he always wanted to be back with on a team that had the best running back in the NFL. Right. So that it, it was there for him to do well. I Ruben Frank wrote a really good column this past week addressing this, and he said that his Ruben's theory is that Wentz never realized he had to change his game. He was not the phys- he couldn't do physically what he could before. He needed to adapt. He couldn't be that guy, and he never got that through his thick skull. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of logic to that. Uh, I think there is. Um, and the bigger part of it is, to me, when I watched him play this year in big games, games that they had to win, um, his confidence is gone. You know, his confidence is gone. And he's got – he doesn't – in that stretch in 2017 – he believed he could do anything in any situation against mm-hmm. any opponent. And now he's still trying to make the same plays, but he doesn't have this, his confidence and his ability to make it. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, he's, and he's forcing things, and he's making big mistakes in critical situations. And now the question is, you say that the Colts are going to try to trade him. They say if they can't trade him, they're just going to release him. I know. How and he, he's, he's going to be 30 years old next season. He's not a young man anymore. No, he's going to be on the scrap heap. He's going to be that guy now who goes to a team that's got a young quarterback and has him as insurance is what he's going to be, which is a shame, man. Listen, I, I wanted him to be great. I thought he was going to be great. I, you know, I, 
Certain things you're wrong on, man, and that was one for me. I always thought Carson Wentz was going to really be terrific. We, we all thought, yeah. and it was real a realistic expectation based on what we saw, that he was going to be the quarterback here for a decade Ever, yeah. or more. All right. I want to work one more thing into the open, Ray, because yesterday, well, I'll do it this way. Today is February the 19th. Do you know what we should be hearing right now on our televisions? All right, the crowd may not be there because it's the games don't start yet, but the crack of the bat, Ray, it's spring training. You know what I'm looking to hear? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's fastball right there. Um, I like those sound effects. Yeah, they're, they're great. good. They're good. <laughs> they're great. Major League Baseball yesterday canceled the first week of spring training games. Uh, they were supposed to start February 26th. They will not start at least until March 5th. I'd, I'd take the over on that. Um, Rod Manfred, Rob Manfred, excuse me, uh, who makes $11 million a year as commissioner. I mean, he's not alone in this, but Ray, they're killing it. Um, and I get, my question to you is not exactly that. We got about two minutes here, so let's do this quick. Okay. Um, eventually they'll come to a settlement and that what they're arguing about now is super two arbitration guys. Do they get this? And do the players get one more half a percent of that? And it's, it's all financial BS that fans could care less about. Right, mm-hmm. they did put in the DH. I know you don't like it, but at least that was that was a game decision, more or less. Right. <clears throat> we agree, and I think a lot of people do, that baseball is just suffering as a spectator sport. It's not fun to watch anymore. The games are too long. There's no stealing. There's no fielding. It's just walk, strike out, home run. Right. It's a boring game. Right. This is their opportunity, while they're in pause, to say, okay, we'll work out this financial stuff, but let's also address. The game. Right. Ray, I come to you as, as, as a voice of wisdom and experience. Will they? Will they take any acts to save our sport? No, of course not. That's a silly question. Thank no, they're going, to get, they're, they're going to drown in the minutiae. They're going to drown in the dollars. They're going to drown in the nonsense. Because that's the course that they've been on now for years. Um, yeah, I, saw, I, I read a line this week that really made me laugh. I'm, made me laugh and cry at the same time. Somebody said that the way baseball's going now, that the term hitting coach on the team should be changed to swinging coach because there's, <laughs> there's no science yeah. of hitting anymore. It's all just about yeah. swinging. And I thought, you know what? That's, that's true. I mean, that's really what it is. But, yeah, I have, I have no – listen, the last meeting between these guys broke up in 15 minutes. I know. So they, the, they does said that sound like a, it's anywhere moving towards resolution. Somehow they said that's the strategy that they're going to hold short meetings because they think those will be they'll get more progress. I, I have no idea exactly the logic of that. But, yes, it is not an encouraging. Nothing's an encouraging sign. And again, if they don't start baseball till May, I can live with it if the game comes back better. Right. If they speed it up, if they put in a pitch clock, if they figure out what to do with relief pitchers, if they. You know, I, I think they need to outlaw the, the shift. I do. I think that that's one of the things that's just killing the game. They have to make moves to do things to improve the sport, which is no longer a national sport. And they're not. They're going to fight over money. And then they're going to settle the money. And by the way, all the, pe- all the people locally who, you know, plan their spring training trips, 
You were telling me your parents used to drive down. My grandparents. Your grandparents, excuse me, used to drive down every year back in the day. Your parents, I'm sure, went. You went to spring trip. I went. It was a big highlight all the time. Hey, let's go to Clearwater, go to Frenchie's and have the grouper sandwiches and, you know, the go to the other places, go to the ballpark, sit in Whale Beach, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All the thousands and thousands of people in the Delaware Valley who go every year to spring training, they're screwed. Right. All the people who work down there, those restaurants, those hotels who rely on February and March. This is when they make their nut. This is how they survive. They're screwed. And, by the way, in other towns around Florida and Arizona. Sure. And these idiots are sitting around talking about Super 2 arbitration you know, players and length term of service and all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I hate them for it. I hate them. Baseball was my first love as a sport. I still follow it out of habit and out of like I can't quit on it, but I know it's it's not good anymore. It's not good for me. And at the same time, these jack wagons are hijacking it for their petty arguments. I mean, it's the cliche, billionaires and millionaires arguing over money, but it's really true. And the fans, uh, and the fans who love February and March, give me one more crack of the bat. Well, there you go. At least it was the crowd. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. That's what people. That's what they want. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I listen. I miss my gripe. I miss the game, like you do. But just, and that's that's my great look. We've been down this road before with you know with impasses and strikes and delays yeah. and lockouts oh, and all. Always fun. But when you got back to the game, the game itself was fun. The game is less fun now, which is, to me is, is the bigger problem. But they never are willing to address that. Yeah. 215-592-9494. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack. Now, let's see. What do we got coming up? Oh, let's tell people about the uh, Tell Us Your Story Best of Edition today. Coming up at noon. This was your idea to do it this way. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, part two of Best of Tell Us Your Story. And this one is all about uh, it's interviews with guys about how, where they grew up, their families, their backgrounds how it started for them, how they got into sports, and how they found their way to Philadelphia. And we have some, uh, we have some really great people in the area. Bobby Clark will tell you what it was like to grow up in Flint Flon. Our own Keith Jones tells the story about his draft day when he found out he was drafted by the Washington Capitals. Shh, don't give away. Oh, I'm not going to give it away. Good, yeah. uh, but there's, uh, you know, we hear from Herschel Walker talking about being bullied as an elementary school student and yeah. how he began doing push-ups and made himself into a Heisman Trophy winner. Larry Anderson, Brian Dawkins, Deuce Staley, and as you say, half of it is kind of origins and the other half is exits. Right. Leaving this town or leaving the sport. And there's some compelling interviews, Ray. Uh, it was a great idea by you. So we got that coming up. And by the way, in the next segment, the first episode of, I got to, hold on, I got to get my voice right. <clears throat> the Diddy Draft Preview. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's we're, today. Yeah. We're, uh, yeah you, anybody else I would worry if they were caught off guard, but I see all the yellow legal Yes, pads. I've got I, them. I know we'll be okay. I'm still uh, I'm still going through all my notes from the senior bowl, so I'm I'm ready for there you. you. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now, Saturday morning on ninety four WIP. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Ray Dittinger, Glenn Macnow, 94, WIP. Larry in Ridley Park wants to talk some draft, if I can get this stupid mouse to work. Uh, Here we go. Hello, Larry. Gentlemen, gentlemen, good morning. Hey there. Hey, Larry. Ray, I'm glad to see that you're hitting your books now with the draft, and that's my first question to you, Ray. I know it's early. I'm excited, but I'm going to put you – as Hallie Roseman. Ray, the clock's ticking. The first one that we have is number 15. Oh, and your the selection is? Your preview, I, I, even, I can't even let him do it because uh, it's actually what we're about to do, uh, but I have to set it up more. Is that That's the entirety of your question. You know what I'm going to do, Larry? Because we're going to give you the answer, but I'm going to turn it around. What would you like to see them do? Well, first of all, I like the defensive uh, players that are coming out of Georgia whether they'll be there or not, but you have questions. Well, they won't, have... Larry, they won't all be gone. <laughs> well, that's there's, right. There's would, seven would of them. Better, would it be better for me to call back later when Ray gets through all this straight Yeah, things? check with us next week because we're about to do it right now because right now begins the first – Ray, you know why I love doing this? Just so I can use that voice. Right now begins the first installment of the Diddy Draft Preview. Oh, yeah. There you go. Ray, the draft is the last weekend of April. As Larry said, the Eagles have three first-round picks because of their various trades. Number 15, number 16, number 19. Over the course of the next few months, Ray, I'm going to come to you every week and get your thoughts. Where do you want to start this week? What's what's the topic that we start the Diddy Draft preview? Well, I think it's a pretty good fit here. I, I... You know, the Eagles need help on defense, mm-hmm. primarily. And to me, this is a great defensive draft. So it's a fit. Why don't we just start on that side of the ball? I love it. And as you know, I at one point suggested, maybe a little foolishly, that they take a middle linebacker, a Sam, and a Will. So they may not do that. But there are three levels of the defense. Would you be delighted if the Eagles say, all right, take a pass rusher, take a cornerback or safety, and take a linebacker? Boom! Uh, I would, depending on what's on the board, but I would have no problem taking three defensive players. So, if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, 
What you're saying is, I mean, every draft has its strengths and weaknesses, positions. We know that this is not a quarterback-heavy draft. No. If that's what the Eagles were thinking of doing, probably not. But what I'm hearing you say is this draft is strong on defense. It is. Uh, that's what they need. So just throw a couple names of, you know, we know who's going to be the first five, eight, you know, five through eight picks, whatever. Uh, who's going to be around in the teens that uh, looks enticing to Ray Dinger? Well, just to give you some idea, um, I've been taking notes all season. Yeah. Um, anybody that's been listening to the show knows how I feel about the Georgia team, how I feel about the Georgia defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked about them all year. I thought they were the best team in the country, certainly the best defense in the country, and it was borne out. They wound up winning the national championship. And a lot of those guys, a lot of those guys are coming into this draft. So if the Eagles came out of this with one or two Georgia guys, I would, I would be very happy about that. Just to give you a sense of how deep and how good this draft is on defensive players. After the Senior Bowl, after watching everything that happened at the Senior Bowl and watching how the defensive players really dominated at the Senior Bowl, kind of confirmed a lot of my thinking. Um, and I've now begun doing my board, and of my top 30 players ranked yeah. across the board, 14, 18 of my top 30 players are on defense. Uh, 18 me, of them. I want to ask you a different question. Eagles have three picks in the top 20. How many of your top 20 players are on defense? Uh, 13. All right, 13. 13. Uh, so, so there's – and on the defensive line, uh, eight of my top 30 are defensive linemen. Interestingly enough, the, um, the strength of this is on the edges. It's edge rushers. Perfect. That's your strength. That's the Eagles' you're weakness. As, you're not as good interior defensive tackles. The best defensive tackle is the monstrous kid from Georgia, Jordan Davis, uh, who's six feet, who's six feet six and 360 pounds. I mean, he's immovable. Um, but he's the best of the defensive linemen, and then there's a significant drop-off from him. But there's a lot of there's a lot of edge rushers, really good edge rushers that are very comparable. So, and I know situations change, and you don't know who's available and who's going to drop because there may be a guy that you know the Eagles see in the top five of the draft, and then all of a sudden it's pick nine, and he isn't gone yet, and it's like, oh, you know what? If we trade up, we can steal him. However, just on its face, would you advise the Eagles just stay put and use those three picks because you have the opportunity? to hit three home runs. You, you, you normally don't, but the chance is there to get three guys who can be a foundation for your defense. Yes, I would. I would, because you could address, you could you could strengthen yourself at all three levels of your defense. I mean, you could get the edge rusher, you could get the linebacker, you could get somebody for the secondary. I mean, and you could do it, and those players are there in this draft, and you have the three picks to do it. Very, very, very rare for a team to have three first-round draft picks. And we know Howie's propensity to want to wheel and deal, yeah. and he's got he's got yeah. That's my, my fear. He's going to outsmart himself. He's got a lot of capital here. Yeah. Um, but rather than package two picks or three picks to move way up to get one player, I would try. There are enough really good players here that you could strengthen yourself across the board. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that opportunity. I mean, and I hate to say it because I hate it, and I won't even want to acknowledge it. But you look at what the Cowboys have done in the last couple of years by getting Diggs, by getting Parsons. That defense was hideous. Right. And they really improved that thing. Yeah. And that was drafts. Yep. They turned it, you can turn it around with one with with one player, if it's the right player. But if you get two, for sure. Uh, and those guys are in there. I mean, I've I've talked about them before. 
Um, but I'll talk about him again. I mean, Nakobe Dean to me is is a star in the making. I mean, that linebacker from Georgia, and I've seen a lot of mock drafts that are just starting to come out now that have him going six, seven. Mm-hmm. I don't think Glenn. I don't think you have to go that high because he's five eleven. And you know, when it comes down to draft time, there's going to be guys who are going to say, oh, five yeah. eleven. He's a little hey, too small. By the way, coincidentally, Sam Mills just got into the Hall of Fame now, didn't he? Yeah. How tall was he? Yeah. Sam Mills was five eight. Yeah. Sam, and I, I remember having this discussion about uh, about Ray Lewis when Ray Lewis was coming out of Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And people were saying, "Oh, he's too small." I said, "Have you seen this guy play?" Yeah. Well, look at his tape. Five eleven. I don't care if he's five eleven. Um, he's not five eleven when he gets to the football. And that's to me, that's what Nakobe Dean kind of is. All right, Ray. I love it. So every week, we're going to do the Ray Dinger draft preview. That was chapter one. Ray, you're wetting my appetite. Love those Georgia Bulldogs. I know you do. That's great. 215-592-9494. We'll get some calls in the next segment. And finally, we get to have the ring presentation for our last fan standing pool. And, Ray, I've seen it. It's a beauty. I saw the picture. Yeah. It's pretty spectacular. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now, 94 WIP. Ray, one thing you know about the NFL, you think you got it down, you think you know who's going to win. Doesn't always work, does it? <laughs> no, it rarely does. We've been running this last fan standing pool, geez, for a couple of decades, forever. And you entered it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. How'd Twice. that work? How'd it work out? Uh, one year I got to week 13. Whoa, that's pretty good. Uh, another year I went out in week one. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. I think it was the Saints, as I recall. But I don't know. Um, it was the Saints, as a matter of fact. And when, Your memory's better than mine. Yeah. And when we started this, the first year, I think we had 16 people in the pool. Now there are thousands and thousands and thousands. And much thanks to our sponsor, our prime sponsor for this, which is Mark Stuhlers. Uh, Jim Brusilovsky of Mark Stuhlers is here with us. And I do. I want to thank you to start that you guys have been part of this now for what, last 10 years or so, right? Eight, maybe. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Uh, and here's what I notice: when, when you started with us and the concept was, let's make the prize a championship ring, which is just what a great idea for this. And you started looking at Super Bowl rings and World Series rings. And, Jim, it may be my eyesight, but I think the ring's getting bigger and better every year. I definitely think uh, you are right. The girls, uh, ladies at, at the Jewel Vision team, they do this literally by themselves. This is one of the highlights of their year is producing this guy. This year they did a, a ring with over two carats of diamonds, 137 diamonds. Wow. Uh, almost two carats of Savarite Garnets, the Kelly Green. Yeah, those are beautiful, by the way. Yep. The and Kelly Green, the, you know, the Eagles inspiration for the Kelly Green is just great. Always trying to get a little Eagles in there, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, and so do I just present? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Let's <laughs> let's 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 slow play this thing. Let's make this thing work. Um I just will tell you, I was out the other night with uh, Bernie Perrant and his wife, and Bernie proudly wears his Stanley Cup rings. Mm-hmm. And they they are a thing of beauty and he takes as he should immense pride in it. Mm-hmm. This is bigger, right? It is bigger. It's bigger. This is bigger than the Stanley Cup ring. All right. So we got uh, 10,000 plus people this year in the pool, and there were a lot of upsets. And I think I threw in two, maybe three roadblock games to make it more challenging, which is when I have too many in the, people in the pool, I need to knock somebody out, knock half the people out. I try to 
throw in a pick 'em game and say you got to take one of these. And it comes down to the last week. I think there were just about a dozen people or so who had run the table. Amazingly, they picked. Remember, there's an extra week this year. Right. 17 weeks plus a bye week, 18 weeks plus the roadblock games. Last challenge, have to pick the score of the Eagles' final game of the year, Eagles-Cowboys. We could try to forget that one. But the winner, the man who ran the table, the man who got everyone right, including that last Eagles game, Joe Andriacchio. I hope I'm pronouncing it correct, Joe. You're right. You got it. There you go. Of Ewing, New Jersey. Joe Great work by you. Thanks for having me, guys. It's, it's delightful. And, Jim, I now I will hand it over to you. Okay, Joe. So, listen, congratulations. This is our, I think, our best one yet. And uh, you go, boy. It's I always incredible. get knocked out, like, first couple of weeks. Here, let me take a picture of you while you're while There you go. It's real it, life. Hey, Ray, you're in it, too. <laughs> there you go. All right, Joe. Uh, for the thousands and thousands who enter the last fan standing pool, they want to know. What the heck's the secret? I don't know if there's really a secret. It's like, Ray, I got knocked knocked out week, week one last year when the Jags beat the Colts. Ironically, oh, yeah. the Jags well, beat the Colts in week 18 again right. this year. That's, Same location. Crazy. That's right. And you know what? We lost a lot of people on that game. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Did you have a strategy, though? Do you use good teams early? Do you save teams? Do you look ahead at matchups, avoid con- uh, division games? What do you do? So typically in most years, I – tend to stick to the home teams that are playing non-divisional games. I almost try to keep it out of conference, but at the same time, there's only so many of those, too. So I got to about week six where I, I did use a lot of the good teams to start. So I actually had to start using road teams. Mm-hmm. And eventually, it kind of worked out. Week nine was was the landmine week because you had the Bills losing to the Jags, the Cowboys lost to the Broncos. There were a few other upsets, too. Yeah, I love that week. <laughs> Understand, I, I it's a terrible thing because I, I run the pool and I want a lot of people in. But I need them all to get knocked out. So I, that was a good week for me. And then week 10, I think, was another one of those tough weeks. But once I got to week 13, I'm like, all right, I might have a chance at this. And then I mapped it out where, essentially, if you just picked against the Giants and the Jets, you were actually in pretty good shape. Because, mm-hmm. the, geez, the Giants were just a dismal, dismal team. And I took the, I actually took the Eagles that week 16 game. They were beating, playing the Giants at home. I'm like, this is the week I'm going to lose, isn't it? It was 3-3 <laughs> at the half. And then they, all of a sudden, they just, they just st- barnstormed the rest of that game. But. Man, and then that, that roadblock, week 17, I'm, I'm like, you know what? If the Browns could be eliminated before that game starts, I know where my side's going. Yeah. It was the Steelers. I'm like, yep, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that game got impacted before it happened, and that was a good work by you. Uh, well, what's, what's your thoughts on that ring? How are you going you gonna to wear that like out to the local tap rooms, show it off to all your friends? Like, yeah, I won this thing. I was telling Mark, I'm like, it's just going to sit in the mantle. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good story. Like when it, when it, anybody asks, like, did you ever win it? I'm like, I did. I think Ray and I met your wife and you a few years back, right? We had an event that you guys were at. We did, yeah. It, I want to say it was 2015 at Nebraska. It was um you and yeah. you and um Ray with Evan Mathis. Yeah, I remember that. It was it was actually a really fun event. So your wife will be equally proud of this and delighted to have it on her mantle at home for the years <laughs> to come, right? Yeah. She's looking forward to that. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to my wife too before. You got you guys get the commercial. She's um up for military spouse of the year. I'm in the military. She does an incredible job for our oh, family no. and for herself too. She contributes to so many organizations, and I'm very proud of her. She's what's her still, What's her name? Corey. Corey. Thank you. Good for you. Um, Jim. Uh, first of all, give us a little the, your chance. Plug the jewelry store a little bit. Go for it. Uh, we are the area's largest uh, diamond engagement ring jewelry store. Uh, we do a lot of custom jewelry work. 
one of our uh, masterpieces year after year is the Elimination Pool Ring. But if you would like something that is just Can I get there, one of those for home, by the way? <laughs> Somebody comes sure. walks in and just wants a duplicate of that? Sure, or, sure. Okay. Um, <clears throat> for a price. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, I'm not asking for me. I'm, you know, okay, go on. Uh, and, and, you know, just we feel we're the best and uh, hope to uh, get some, of the, some more of the people that listen to this great station uh, over to us in Montgomeryville, Pennsylvania. Um, we love being a partner with you guys, and so that's it. Till next year. Well, we love being a partner with you. We really appreciate it. Your sponsorship of it and that great prize has really helped us drive up the number of people who enter and keep it a lot of very fun and interesting. Got a the pandemic's going to be over by next year. We can have that great event out there. Yeah, right, that big party you do. We're, we're hoping. We're I hoping. missed that this you're, year. You're talking men's night. Yes, yeah, men's night is always a great time. Yeah. Thank you, Jim and Joe. Congratulations to you on winning. And uh, one more shout out to your wife, Corey. Military wife of the year. That's really nice. And thanks to you for your service as well. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Enjoy. 215-592-9494. We'll be back. We'll get some calls. Ray Danger Glenn Glenmack now on 94 WIP. The presidential savings are going on right now at all United Tire and Service locations around the Delaware Valley. Right now, you can save big at United Tire and Service. Your favorite brands like Michelin, BF Goodrich, and more on sale. Make it the right time to buy. Now through March 7th, come in and meet the team and get excellent service. United Tire delivers value and expertise. You can trust that you're getting the best deal on the industry's most trusted tires. These guys know what they're doing. Take it from me. And tell them that Glenn and Ray sent you. And remember, don't drive alone. Drive United. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.